Welcome to Radical Change Radio. Today we're continuing our series of podcasts on tribing. We believe that with this series of podcasts we're breaking a whole new ground. As part of this uh, tribing series of podcasts, we uh, are modeling ourselves Radical Change Group in order to understand how tribing works as a process in order to be able to teach it to you. Uh, however, the question you might have in your mind right now is, well, what is modeling? How does it work? So we are going to have a few conversations on modeling. Uh, more specifically, we are going to have four conversations on modeling. Uh, today we will talk about uh, modeling skills. Next uh, podcast, we are going to speak about modeling other people, and then we will continue with modeling yourself at your best, and then we will um, conclude it all by having a, a deeper conversation about these three types of modeling and how they connect to each other and how they help you and us in modeling tribing. Okay. So with that in mind, let's start today by uh, covering some of the basics of modeling, what it is, uh, how it works, and, and, and speaking about the first type of modeling, modeling skills, which is the easiest. Yeah. Guys, do you want to um, give a definition of skill modeling? <laughs> well, m maybe we can just get the modeling itself. First, like kind of general. Let me let me try that. Well, let's see if that uh, if that works. So uh, the, the way I, I see modeling, basically uh, in general, is uh, the a process. First of all, uh, to uh, uh, well, I guess identifying and uh, somehow capturing uh, whatever sequence, skills, beliefs, values, uh, identities, whatever else you need. Uh, from either other people or yourself uh, in, with the purpose of replicating excellence. So the, the purpose of modeling basically is replicating excellence in whatever way you define it, uh, be it a skill or anything else. And uh, essentially it's a, it's a way of uh, extracting the ingredients of what makes the cake. Right. So, uh, uh, in that in that respect, so modeling skills would be uh, uh, figuring out. Uh, let's say if it's a, a skill of uh, let's say skiing, right? Uh, so how do you put on skis? How do you move your legs? Uh, how do you choose your slopes? Right? How do you make turns? How do you slow down, speed up? Uh, and uh, on top of that, uh, what are you thinking as you? gliding down the slope, right? What, what, what are you believing in? What are you feeling? And maybe some other things like that, right? So what's the internal processes, external and internal processes? So that would be a skill level of modeling for me. Sticking me back 
to a whole different life, uh, a life we've left far behind in some ways. So it's a good refresher. Um, so I think, um, you know, uh, it, it gets to the heart of what NLP, at least for me, is all about. Right? So the precept is that success leaves clues. Success leaves a trail. The trick is, how do you find that and then replicate that in order to move forward? Now, why do you want to replicate that? Here's another twister for you. When do you make decisions? You make decisions only when you have incomplete information. I'm going to let that sink in a little. You only make decisions when you have incomplete information because if you had complete information, the answer would be obvious. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's not a decision. It's, a, it's not a decision yeah. at that point anymore. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> This is about making exquisite decisions in areas that you are in areas that you're looking to explore. So let's take uh, skiing, right? That Sergey was talking about. Now I don't know much about skiing, and I want to pick the skill up. There are three three key things that I have to replicate: uh, the physiology, which is essentially what my body does, or what's happening in my brain; the beliefs of uh, what what is held true for me to have this exquisite level of performance, and three the communication or languaging, both what I say to myself and what I say to the world, and the, the, the sequence, the ingredients and the sequence of how I do these three things is what allows me to become a very good skier or, or replicate that model well. So for me, modeling uh, a skill is basically a decision because I'm entering into a domain where I don't have enough information and I'm trying to hmm. trying to do something well. And that's that's the decision that I make. So I'm trying to figure out what is the best way in the face of incomplete information to come out okay on the other end rather than go through the same mistakes that 10,000 people have made before me. So that's modeling, and that's modeling of skills for me. <laughs> Speaking of 10,000, um, I bet you have uh, heard of 10,000 hours being said as the number of time you need to put in in order to become a master in a skill right so one way to think of of the point of studying modeling is that it shortens the number of hours you need to practice and study something in order to become a master in it uh, and skill modeling is uh, well the first and the easiest way to do so um, guys uh how, where have you? Um, so I know you've, we've picked this uh, skiing as as uh, as a first example, but I don't think either one of you is a big skier. <laughs> no. So <laughs> my question is, where have you actually uh, done um, skill based modeling? Photography for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, actually, many different things. I mean. Uh, uh, one thing I already talked about uh, many times is uh, martial arts, uh, obviously, and uh, also, of course, all kinds of uh, uh, science and you know programming stuff that I've been doing before. Uh, that's that's also modeling of skills, writing papers, actually writing in general, uh, and recently uh, uh, writing. Uh, 
uh, the scripts. Uh, yeah, movie scripts. So that's that's another. That's the next skill. area I'm going to go after writing. <laughs> okay. Uh, <clears throat> so, is there a process you follow when you model? Of course. Uh, so let's let's take something very. You want to model the specific. modeling process? <laughs> <laughs> That's a skill, by the way. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. Uh, kind of at loss what to pick. So uh, uh, let's pick pick writing because Mahipal can can benefit from it. Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too, bro. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, actually, with writing, it's going to be a little more difficult because I uh, I mostly learned it uh, not from actual people, but from uh, from reading others' writings, I guess, and from uh, you know That's reading you classes up and skill, stuff. So right. Fun. So uh, okay, let's try it. So um, uh, I guess my first uh, well, the point of decision, as you mentioned my power right uh, the point of decision for me came when i tried to write something and it came out shit and uh <laughs> right and uh that's where uh, i figured okay i need to uh uh consciously go into uh, the actual study of what it is and how people actually do that because just by looking at the final result doesn't cut it so um uh what I did then is uh, I got a book, uh, specifically on screenwriting, uh, and if you must know it, it's called uh, Save the Cat. Uh, and uh, uh, what uh, the author has done in that book, uh, essentially he laid out the specific modeling steps kind of on the plate. So that, that's actually what I really like about this book, is that it, it's basically a, a finished modeling for you, uh, for that specific area. Uh, what he said is that okay, first of all, you got to know what you're doing, uh, and uh, the he basically classified and uh, laid out the structure of a good story. So a screenwriter, a screenplay is a story, first of all, and uh, not only he did that, but he also said, well, look, uh, let's let's look at the most successful movies, and the guy watched I don't know probably thousands of movies in his life, so he had a lot to. Uh, pick out uh, from. And uh, he basically said, well, at this minute in a two-hour movie, this happens. At that minute, that happens in general. And uh, if you look at all successful movies, that's exactly how they line it up. And if you, I mean, you can make all kinds of deviations from that, but then you pay the consequences usually because those movies are not usually successful. So this is your formula, basically. So if you look at successful movies, that's how they work. Uh, and then uh, that's the how and, and what. I mean, that's the what part. So the how, then, he goes, well, all right, this is the process that I'm following, and, I, and I'm coming up with scripts that uh, work. And this is pr- the process that a lot of other people I know follow, and they're coming up with those good scripts. Uh, and he laid out specific steps uh so this is this is your uh i guess physiology or a language and perhaps it's more language than physiology in this case um so uh more specifically he said well uh you, you gotta know the ending before the beginning you gotta know uh uh and and plan it out 
you got to plan out all those steps and, and literally write out in a very specific uh, table uh, or some kind of format that, that he uh, described. Uh, lay out all the high points in your story. And inevitably, you, it's guaranteed you're going to have holes in that table. And until you fill out those holes, your story is incomplete. You can't even start writing. So it's like the sequence, right? The syntax of writing it. Uh, so you, you you spread it out, you lay out this, those cards, right? You you fill out all the gaps. And then uh, I think he had a couple of more steps in between, which are a little too detailed for this story. Uh, but basically, once you're done with all those uh, steps, uh, very specific steps, then, and this is where it comes to beliefs and, uh, I don't know if it, I don't know, values, but more like, I guess, beliefs and languaging for yourself. Like, what do you say to yourself, right? Uh, then he says, push it out of the way, save it somewhere, so you can reference it later, but forget about it, and just write. Okay, you have your structure, you have stuff on the, on the back of your mind, it's there, now I'll throw it away, and just write. Okay, whatever comes. <laughs> right? And, uh, and then when you've written that, then you can go back and compare it and see what you missed and see what uh, what you forgot and see how how your characters you know your characters will change your story. So as you start to uh, write, basically, you notice that whatever you planned, the character just refused to do that. They start living their own lives and they go, you know, screw you, I'll do whatever I want. And you'll have to change your story, <laughs> right? And you may have to go through this process a few times. You may have to redo your table. You may have to redo the ending even and completely restructure the whole thing. But you'll go through that process again. And eventually it'll converge. And at the end, you'll have a script that has the winning structure, a structure of uh, good films that make a lot of uh, money. And it's going to be a solid story. And it's going to have characters that are alive, and you know a lot of other things, so that's basically what how he laid it out. And I tried it, at least on short films, uh, and it definitely worked. I mean, I made a movie out of that eventually. That actually won an award. And uh, I tried it on a, a feature film, a feature script rather, uh, and I inevitably got stuck exactly where he pointed out. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, the process works. <laughs> that's that's what I so can say. What I heard was begin with the end in mind. Know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Fill out the structure in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Once you filled out the structure, move the structure away and start writing. Leave yeah. room for the characters to uh, leave room for the characters to emerge or innovate, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you try to force your way into it, it'll it'll rebel. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Once you feel you've come towards the end of it, then refer back to the structure to see if there are any holes in it. And mm-hmm. if there are holes in it, you find a way to fill those holes out. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did yep. I track it right? Rinse and repeat. Yeah. And there you have it, folks. That's modeling and that's hard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and 10,000 hours later, we invite you to the feature film by Mayur <laughs> in the Hollywood movie theaters. <laughs> no, I don't think movies is what I want to do. The, the reason I said writing was it was not script writing, but much more. I think I started writing and opening up my life a lot more through my blogs. And I just wanted to do a better job at communicating some of these deep ideas. And what I found is that my style of writing is mostly narrative. That's how I communicate best. 
how can I do it in a way that can entrain and enthrall better? But although for you, uh, something that you modeled on the skill level, I guess it's not writing really. This no, it's photography, right? Uh-huh. Uh, because I, uh, I think my, uh, uh, my skill level in my photography, I guess in the last two years has skyrocketed at least from my, my perspective, right? From where I was to where I, where I can shoot now. And I, I would say I modeled a skill, right? And the skill was photography and there were, uh, maybe three or four guys that I looked at who really uh, impacted my photography. But most importantly, Ansel Adams, uh, his landscape photography is just spectacular. Nowhere close to his skills, nowhere, nowhere. But essentially, he was one of the one of the people I said, hey, one of the skills that I wanted was how to understand exposure from him and how is it that he saw beauty? Because a thousand, a thousand people photograph half dome every day mm-hmm. in Yosemite. Right? A thousand different people at least. But still, when you look at a picture of Yosemite, the ones that make it to Brussels are those same ones by Ansel Adams. So I said, okay, what is the difference? Right? What is the difference that allows him to capture that? And and the pieces that I saw was how he would frame the picture, right? How he would see beauty. You know, how he learned to isolate half dome and remove disturbances from the rest of the picture. Like how to cut out the trees, how to not allow El Capitan to come in or just the shadow to come in to give you a perspective of height. So I basically started paying attention to how he would frame things. Second, I would read his writing and from his writing you can see how it evoked beauty. Like he, when he speaks about Yosemite, it's almost with a sense of reverence. Right? And I say, okay, let me try that on. Right. Let me try that on and see if I can completely feel that and believe that. And a very interesting thing started to happen. It was almost as though that place started to come alive, especially around half dome. Right? That place just started to come alive. Then the third was the actual process of how he held the camera, how he would set up, set himself up, the position of his elbows and the framing, right? I mean, I don't do that as much. I wish I did, but uh, but that, that that that's what it comes down to. So if you think about it, the physiology is about holding the camera and your positions. Mm-hmm. The beliefs is what he held to be true, and how he held that place in reverence, right? And then the languaging, how you'd speak to himself, how he would not, and then the process of the framing, because uh, I've noticed that. In order for me to frame a picture, right, I talk to myself. Mm. Remove this, add that, focus on this, move in here, evoke this. That is talking, that is the language. Mm-hmm. And that's what essentially moved my photography uh, many levels a lot faster. Am I anywhere close to a skill level? Hell no. I don't belong in the same book in which his name is written. But still, it helped me. Uh, I, I've, there's a... There's, a th- there's an effect that happens when you watch, see an Ansel Adams picture, right? At least for me, I freeze in my tracks. There are certain photographs of his, I just stand and just watch, right? There's nothing, there's, there's no movement, there's nothing. You just do that. And some of my photographs are beginning to have that effect. 
for me at least you know I, i don't care the effect it has on others but for me at least that's happening and the interesting thing i noticed is people don't know what to tell me when they see some of the forecasts they mm-hmm. just don't know how to respond so i said okay that's good i'm achieving my goal mm-hmm. so for me that was the modeling process so what i am capturing you know the similarities between your descriptions is that uh, as part of the skill modeling you you pick a particular domain a domain yes um a domain and and in your case my you also pick a, a exemplar and then you study uh, a wide variety of works looking for patterns that uh that um, distinguish good works from bad works yes right and you and you look uh, and what you look for is actually the boundaries that's that's separating the good from the bad right um and then the the attention is very detailed yeah you don't you, you it's not like overall large picture thing but it's like detailed how does the shadow fall on the, on the mountain or how does he hold his elbows or uh, what does the character have to say at that particular junction on the plot right so mm-hmm. it's it's quite specific uh and I'm not sure if there is any physiology in your uh modeling Sergey but there certainly is a lot in 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 photography there is actually I, I can mention that there is a physiology in a sense that uh one thing that I found for myself this is not in any book that I've read but what I found for myself is I have to play out a character literally like stand mm-hmm. up and you know say the lines act it out in the room active uh, imagination almost yeah it is and uh and uh see if it makes sense to me so like if i if i notice that i'm start forcing myself to do something against what i feel like doing then it's not right right so i'll i'll try to find okay how would i respond in the moment and write it out so that's a i would say that's a very much physiology part i would agree and in fact uh, when i've seen sergey i mean even if you notice him right now when he's talking about writing how he moves compared to how he usually sits that would be yeah. your modeling me you know because no, i don't notice that but that no no what i mean is that your physiology changed yes as you moved into that space that's uh-huh. my point and uh-huh. the only way it would shift that way is you've done this a few times rather than just being an intellectual exercise yeah let me give my example of of modeling skills In the last few years I've picked up a particular form of dancing called contact improvisation and um about 3 years or so and my skill in it has vastly improved across this time uh, I dance just so much better than in the beginning and um what's interesting about how I've learned it is that there are no teachers there or rather there are teachers but um uh it, it, it's a completely uh, physiological learning meaning there is there's no conversation i i i never engaged with someone in talking about it you know uh in fact i haven't actually read anything about it either uh it was a choice i've made there are some books written on 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 the dance but i've chosen not to read i just wanted to get the the body experience and learn that way so purely physiological and also because the body experience is quite intense i don't talk in my head while dancing So verbal is almost not present. Mm-hmm. Uh and 
the mo- but the modeling is very much present. Uh, and what I do is um, mm, there are two modes. Uh, in one mode, I sit and observe other people dancing, and in the second mode, I dance myself. Right, and I alternate between the two. And so modeling happens when I sit and observe, uh, or rather, the kind of the input is, is happening at that point. Uh, I look specifically at the at the people and at the couples who dance well and at how they move their body, how they hold their bodies, um, at the integrity of the structures. And in the beginning, it was hard to figure out what was what, so I would pay attention to, you know, like I would see everything as one big kind of thing moving, right? And eventually, with time, I started to separate uh, which parts were important and which were... Uh, secondary, like say the arm movements are usually secondary, uh, and it's the the movement of this of the center, which is which is primary. And then there are certain patterns that happen in in, in dancing, uh, like the spiral pattern is is ever present in every single dance, and you can almost judge the skill of the dancer based mm-hmm. on how good they are at at spiraling. Mm-hmm. Um, same applies to the ability to uh, continue movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, in some way, when, whether you are holding weight, holding another party on top of you, or, 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 or you're on someone else on top of them, or you're just standing on your own, the ability to continue with your movement, not to get stuck anywhere, is also a, a landmark of a good dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and there are, uh, a number of of these of these key moments that I was able to pick up by uh, by first by watching them and then um, I go into the second mode where I tried myself. Of course, it doesn't work. <laughs> I go back to watching. What's the difference? It makes a difference. Uh, and um, slowly by watching more and trying, I kind of I, it's almost like you know there is this, there's a sculpture, there's a stone, and the sculpture is wanting to be released. <laughs> right, and I hack away at all the unnecessary pieces until the the essential remains, and that's the dance there, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and with time, I pay more attention to finer and finer movements and finer mm-hmm. and finer uh, parts of the body. Like sometimes the fingers can be uh, interesting to watch uh, and can become part of the dance, but really at advanced level. You know, in the beginning, you're just like what. You know, where is my butt? Where where are my shoulders? You don't Mm -hmm. care so much about your pinky toes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then again, at the next level, start paying attention to more internal metrics, like uh, uh, like how is the breathing going on? How is it synchronized? Where are the eyes looking? Because it makes a hell of a difference where you're looking in the dance. Surprisingly, it makes a lot of the difference where you put your your visual attention. Especially when you spiral. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and so, observing good dancers, how they're holding their bodies, how they're moving, the sequencing, trying myself, observing the game, trying myself, like and swinging back and forth, back and forth. Um, and then three years later, I'm a good dancer. Mm-hmm. If I may, if I may add a few yeah, things here, please. I mean, what you described is you could have swapped the word dancing for martial arts and it would have held true, right? It's, that's in many ways the essence, you're spiraling your vision, starting from the big chunks going to the small chunks. 
Uh, I want to highlight one piece because uh, it's important. You said, I don't talk to myself uh, when you do that. Now, communication is both, right? It's things you say and things you don't say. Mm-hmm. So that's important for our listeners to understand, right? Because communication always doesn't have to be words. The mm-hmm. absence of words and the negative beliefs or any dialogue is also a communication, but at a completely different level. And then the belief there was also that you have to learn this experientially rather than uh, read books, this, that. That is still a belief that propelled a lot of the the direction forward. So you will see that the emphasis might have been different between what Armand said, Sergey shared, and I shared, where uh, Sergey in many ways started with beliefs as the core part, and this is what has worked, this is not what has worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Armand started with, the physiology and I started by reading the languaging and what's working, mm-hmm. but the, the, the doorways might have been different, but you have to do all three at some stage or for you to do this. Right. So you will see that if you were to just bring it down to its essence, if you were to bring modeling down to its essence, pay attention to how the ones who do things well, move their bodies differently from the ones who don't do things well. Mm-hmm. Right, because this this fundamentally, the way you move your body gets you to access different parts of your brain. You want to access the same parts of your brain that the exemplars are accessing. Second, get into their beliefs, their worldview, because this tells you the universe kind of they live in. Mm-hmm. And three, have the same kind of conversations that they're having. Now, we'll see a lot of guys make this sound very mystical and magical, and call it knowledge engineering. And this and that. Let's <laughs> come on, man. Stop piercing people. It's simple. All of us know how to model, I and mean, we all do it in some parts of our life. I can say in sports, right? Or how to run, or how to throw a ball. You've mm-hmm. done it as a child. It's mm-hmm. not a big deal. Yeah. So do you Mon- just monkeys do it? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> monkeys do it really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so the point here is, stop making it mystical. When you're trying to make things mystical, that's when they start getting hard. This is the reason they make it mystical and seem harder than it is. Because they want to sure. make money off you. So yeah, pay attention. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I want to bring something else that's interesting into this. Um, uh, in these three years of, of, uh, of learning how, of learning, of dancing and learning how to dance, I had uh, two stages that I would alternate between. And, uh, and they are interesting uh, in this conversation. Uh, in the first stage, uh, I would actively want to learn, mm-hmm. so I applied. I'm reasonably experienced in in in, in skill based modeling, uh, so I would apply my skills to model how to dance. And I went through the process, right? That you described. Uh, but then in the second stage, um, the way which periods of time when I didn't want to dance better. Seriously, I did not want to dance better. Hmm. Uh, the reason is fun is funny is is uh, uh, there are vast majority of dancers in this forum are, are beginning and intermediate dancers, and uh, they are often scared to dance with somebody who dances really well. So if you dance really well, you actually tend not to dance that much. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, I didn't want to advance so so far that I would leave everyone behind and I w- and and I would have no one to dance with or very few people, right? I wanted to keep to have a, a larger community of people to dance with. 
Mediocrity has company is what you're saying. Mediocrity has company. Yeah, anyways. So, so I, I did not uh, uh, actively uh, uh, focus my attention on, on, on modeling dancing. And there was, a, there was a market difference in how, uh, how fast I was, uh, I was uh, improving in, in dancing. I was learning to dance. In the, in the first way, when I was doing it actively, it was very rapid. In the second one, it was still happening. It cannot not happen, right? But much slower. The difference was like visible to bear, to naked eye, like magnitude or more. So my point here is that if you actively apply these skills, uh, then you literally can shorten from 10,000 hours to, to something noticeably smaller. There's one 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 interesting uh, one additional piece I want to add here because it came up as uh, Roman was speaking. Now, when when I, for example, I'm studying photographs, I would always compare my work with that of the masters. And I would try to take the same shot and see what's the difference, right? Because it's in this difference in noticing the differences does your skill really improve, right? Uh, whether it's writing, I would assume it's the same for writing, mm-hmm. and uh, whether it's fighting or you're trying to pull a skill up, always you have to shift between um, almost first, second, and third position in LP talk uh, for first position where I'm seeing it through myself, second position I'm seeing it through the other person's eye, and third position from the top and seeing the difference, right, As a, from a directorial position. So try that, especially as you're doing it, and uh, at least I've found that to be the fastest way to improve skills once I choose to go after it. I think in our early days, all of us, all three of us would try to chase every bloody skill that came along our way and try to get good at it. But I think as you grow older, you go wiser too. But we'll get more to that mm-hmm. uh, as you go further. Yeah, and uh, Right. That's, that's one mm-hmm. of the uh, cons of, of skill-based modeling that uh, it, it's very narrow at focus, right? It's one skill at a time. And well, you guess what? You have only your 70, 80 years of life. And if you go after... A few skills. Well, at the end of the road, you've mastered a few skills, but none the wiser, right? <laughs> <laughs> Choose wisely. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. in the next podcast, we're gonna get uh-huh. into uh, more um, substantial, deeper level learning, which which uh, can literally affect who you mm-hmm. are as a human being, and is for most people more interesting and more relevant. Yeah. Actually, I want to bring one more uh, one more piece that I don't think we've touched yet. And that's uh, usually referred to as uh, beginner's mind. Uh, that 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 comes in the in the ob- observing part, as yeah. Arman was saying that uh, you would observe as one phase of modeling, right, and then apply. Uh, in the observation, uh, I don't know if that was true for you, but I'm willing to bet that at that point you were looking at uh, the couples dancing basically with pretty much empty mind, right, like looking at. Uh, as a as a as a beginner, there's no judgment. Right? Yes, no, no there judgment. was no evaluation of it. Yeah. Right, there was right. just it was pure experience. Right? I agree. Right, and uh, it's it's the same thing for me when I when I was uh, reading the books and uh, learning about writing. It's the same thing. I, I basically just forgot about whatever I believed I I knew, and I just completely started to absorb of what the other people had to say about it or had to show me. Right, it's one hundred. It's one hundred. Deeper level. What you say when you say I absorb, what happens for me is that I, there's this raw experience coming in and I actively try to create and evaluate models. Okay? Or patterns. Mm-hmm. 
to use a different word, uh, and most of them fail, right? Most mm-hmm. of them don't work, and then some of them actually fit the experience, mm-hmm. and then verified, 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 and, and the ones that stick through are the ones that I then try to replicate in my own body. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. that the same thing for you? Um, you I, know what? I don't know. I, I think it's two pieces for me. I do that just like what I did when uh, Sergey was describing the writing process getting to the chunks and I showed you how the model works. That's one piece. And then the second piece is that uh, I, I give up my, I give up my judgments. I don't decide what is good, what is bad. I just work on replicating a skill without any moral dilemma, right? Just do what and see if I can create that effect. Once I've created the effect, then I can choose whether I want to have it or not. So I think that's the way to think about it. Right, I think I think that's what that that's very similar to what I wanted to uh, uh, bring in. So, uh, Arman, I'm not sure exactly what uh, uh, if it relates to what you just said about you know building the models and choosing the ones. Uh, this is this is what I do. Uh, I usually t- try to take the information like kind of photographic memory kind of a deal, right? It's just everything, mm-hmm. everything. It's just raw data. Uh, no processing as much, or I'll, I'll have to process it just to remember it, I guess, to some extent, but it, as raw as I can. And um, then, um, well, sometimes it's some things are obviously wrong. Like I already know I had experience with those; they don't work, and I those I throw away easier. But and that's uh, called but, closed mind. <laughs> uh, well, uh, no. I mean, if I if I had the experience already, I mean, I why why do I make the same mistake? But but uh, uh, those those things that are that are still but be re- honest with, with yourself, right? That uh-huh. in that part you are you are closed, and yeah. this is okay. It's not bad to be open or closed. It's just right. Open means that you do not do what you just said. You do not filter. With a, with a true beginner's mind, that you're right. You're right. Okay. So I, I I would be completely you know okay. It doesn't make sense, you know, it looks stupid to me, but I'll try it just for the heck of it. All right? And, and <laughs> who knows? It does sound stupid, yes. <laughs> but, you know, occasionally it might actually work. And then you go, but, wow, right? But, you know, huh. I, think, I think that's a critical point. Uh-huh. Be prepared to look stupid. Uh-huh. I think your, your fear oh, yeah. of wanting to look appear perfect and be right first time around is what's going to be your biggest blockage on your path to excellence. Mm -hmm. So just like, think about it this way. Uh, Arman said, you know, you may cut down the number of hours from the 10,000 hour rules, which also means that you'll accelerate the rate of your failure. So be prepared. Oh yeah. Be prepared (laughs) to deal with the frustrations in a shorter period too. So, and welcome them. Those are just signs that tell you not this way, change your path. Actually, that's a great point. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Great point. That uh, my experience, personal experience, okay, uh, that uh, you're gonna go through the same amount of of shit. Okay. Now you can go through it in ten thousand hours <laughs> if you're a regular learner. You can go through it in twenty thousand hours if you're a slow learner, or you can go through it in one thousand hours if you're a fast learner. But it's gonna be pretty deep shit, <laughs> pretty intense. Hey, yeah, you oh, know, yeah. you know what they say, right? The grass is green on the other side because it has more fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, shall we wrap this up? 
So uh, um, today, to summarize, we talked about skill-based uh, modeling, skill-based learning, and uh, give you a few examples. I mean, of course, this is not a course, and you know, we could teach like a couple of week long course uh, uh, where you really pick up the skills. But thank God we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and next time we're going to jump into the uh, modeling uh, a person. Uh, Another another human being, and we'll talk about uh, cool things like identification and um, a board genius technique. So uh, stay tuned; it's coming up next. Yeah, I'll just say if if uh, skill based modeling is something that you want to learn more, uh, and uh, let me save you some time and a lot of money. Uh, just go look up the work of David Gordon, and. Uh, see his books and uh, I, I think he's a master master modeler or if or if you can afford it why it would smell uh, uh, besides that I would stay away from anything else uh, that's just I my personal these recommendations and David has an, an excellent series of videos on modeling too yeah I, I can't think of anyone else who does justice to this topic mm-hmm and since you mentioned the two-week uh, workshop that we're now doing, uh, since the podcast uh, spaced out by two weeks, right? Just do yourself a favor, you know, pick up some free stuff available and do yourself a workshop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, till the next time. All right, guys. With that in mind, good night and good luck. Have a wonderful day, and may you be happy. The copyright of this recording is owned by the Radical Change Group and the individual contributors. Permission to copy and distribute freely is granted, provided that the entire recording on this notice remain intact. Please visit us at www.radicalchangegroup.com. Your comments and feedback will be greatly appreciated.